Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Wherever you may be around the world, we want to welcome you to the In the Church TV and Radio Broadcast. Oh, my name is Pastor Deranje Zorn, uh, your host with Divine Order Restoration Ministries International, where we are restoring the order of God, one life, one body, one nation, at a time we want to welcome each of you in the church on tonight um before we get started i want to go ahead and, and and dive into prayer we do got some great things in store for you on tonight um a powerful man of god with us but let us just go into prayer and then i'm going to um, come back and introduce our speaker for tonight our guest glory to god thank you jesus hallelujah god we just bless your name we magnify you we glorify you in the church on tonight we just praise your name and we just thank you oh god for divine visitation and divine revelation from on high oh god as we dive into this powerful subject on tonight we thank you god that those that are under the sound of our voices that lord god there'll be words of activation and words of penetration that will transform their atmosphere that will provoke their thoughts oh god to begin to think differently oh god to begin oh god to align their lives up oh god with your very word so that they can move oh god in purpose and move in destiny oh great and mighty king come in this place oh lord we thank you lord god take control over the airways oh god over the network systems god in the name of jesus we thank you god for your word going forth with demonstration and power god in the name of jesus even as we discuss this book god we thank you god for anointing us afresh anointing us new on tonight oh god so that everything that is released that it is exactly what your people need oh god in the name of jesus so that they can be healed set free and delivered to move in purpose to move in destiny in the majestic name of jesus we give you glory and we give you praise amen amen and amen hallelujah thank you jesus glory to god because he is worthy because he is magnificent because he is almighty hallelujah thank you jesus glory 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 be unto our holy god thank you jesus again thank you for joining us in the church on tonight if you can just do us a great favor amen as we're getting ready to dive into this powerful topic go ahead and share this broadcast on your social media platforms i'm telling you you want to be in on this conversation everybody that you know as we're getting ready to speak with a powerful man of as we discuss um his book the terror life of a beautiful woman um glory be unto god thank you jesus and as it is a life transformation book um get your girlfriends on the broadcast on tonight um get your aunts get your mothers get your daughters get your sisters even get the fellows on the broadcast on tonight amen because i just believe that even as we dive into this powerful conversation that there are going to be some dialogue that will help them 
out in their relationships um, with women, whether it's with their mother, with their sister, with their aunt, with their spouse. Amen. In the name of Jesus, glory be unto God. So go ahead and share this. Amen. Um, broadcast on your social media platforms. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight, we have a very powerful, very powerful anointed man of God um, who is appointed um, for such a time as this. He is a powerful speaker and an author, a proud father of two beautiful young women. Um, glory to God. When he was young, his mother appointed him as her protector. She taught him to protect her, respect, and care for any woman that he was around or involved with. At the age of eight, he witnessed his mother getting sexually assaulted in their own home by a man she was dating. She went on to date another abusive other abusive guys in the future he soon got old enough to fight them from for her then he picked i'm sorry then she picked the guys over him he didn't understand what was going on she just didn't love herself he later grew up and had two daughters in order to keep them from growing up um, in the same insecurities he decided to study women and what makes them different from men this man of god has a gift of sustaining happiness which is due to how he was raised by his mother his goal is to mobility among people by helping individuals change their embedded perceptions of life with us in the church on tonight, we have none other than the powerful man of God, Aaron Mallory. Amen. Welcome to the church, man of God. How are you? Doing wonderful, wonderful. Excited about our interview on tonight. I'm so, so excited about it, um, man of God, and I'm just ready to engage into this powerful um, topic. Um, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, as we just discussed your book. Amen. Um, this powerful um, man of God, as, as we heard, he is an author, and his book is called A Terrible Life of a Beautiful Woman. And before we dialogue into this, I just want to have some conversation um, with you on tonight, with the audience on tonight. Amen. God, thank you, Jesus. No, amen. I just want to talk about a beautiful woman just briefly in the Bible by the name of Sarah. And we know that she was very, very beautiful. And even within all of her beauty, um, for those that are very familiar with her, you know that there were some tribulations, there were some insecurities, there was some doubt, there was some lack of confidence that she had within herself um, because of things that was going Going on within her life where she didn't trust God. Amen. Um, she didn't trust God with the promise that he had even given unto her. You know, even Sarah, because she was so beautiful, she even found herself um, being put in danger time and time again, even, you know, by her own husband 
Abraham, you know, um, when they went down into Egypt, he said, say that you're my sister. And, you know, it, more than one occasion where the king had, had got her because she was so beautiful. And and if it had not been for God, um, you know, they would have slept with her and, and things of that nature. And so she was just put in very uncomfortable situations because she was very beautiful. And at the same time, she dealt with a lot of insecurities, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, lack of trust, a whole lot of issues and isms that she had in her life that affected her relationship with her husband. It also affected her relationship with her concubine. And also it affected her relationship with God because of the different decisions that she began to make, that she made um, because of um, because she didn't feel complete on the inside of her. Amen. Um, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I just, even as we're diving into the Powerful Man of God book on tonight, I just wanted to also give you a biblical reference. Um, amen. Um, in the Word of God, of dealing with a beautiful woman, a beautiful woman, and there's others in the Bible that you know deal had a terrible life, had you know dealing with those internal emotions and things of that nature that led to one bad decision after another bad decision. Amen. Um, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. But we praise God. Amen. On tonight that as we dive into this book, um, the man of God, um, just bringing forth revelations on um, self so let's back um, and go over to God back over um, to our book that we're going to be discussing on tonight, The Powerful Man of God. The book is called The Terrible Life of a Beautiful Woman, The Blueprint yes, for Self-Love. Yes. So, Mr. Mallory, how did you come up with this title? Well, first, the actual title is, in my opinion, the truth. But a lot of things, you know, people don't necessarily want to say. They don't necessarily, uh, you know, they think certain things. But um, I'm not just going to flat out say, uh, terrible, I mean, for women with terrible lives. But that is literally just perception, depending on who you are. But I feel like the most beautiful women deal with most uh, problems versus women who aren't as beautiful as others because of the simple fact that there's a level of beauty that goes against every other woman. So, you know, when they're in the room together, so it's, it's like added pressure just because she's beautiful. So that's the beginning of why I call it, um, terrible life, a beautiful woman. Okay. Got you. I heard that. So you said that, you know, as a beautiful woman, um, you said if she's graced the room, um, that there could be an, an could, could cause an atmosphere <laughs> that could be yeah. intensified, <laughs> could produce an at- atmosphere that is intensified because of other women maybe feeling um, threatened by her beauty, or um, or you know where the competition and the comparison um, spirit comes out um yeah. and so that that kind of um that kind of uh could hinder the the life or hinder the experience that that woman can have in the room if, is that what i'm hearing from you 
Yes, I would say the growth because even with men, when a woman, even at a young age, if she's admired to a certain extent, all the guys would be after her. And as she gets older, there's no struggle. There's no feeling of, okay, I have to do this for myself because hmm. at a young age, the girls, you know, when, when she's real young, you know, oh, she's so pretty. She told this. And she gets in middle school. Oh, let me, let me help you do this. Let me help you do that. And she dates the, the football player or she dates the guy with the car. And to a certain extent, you know, her life could be just a little bit easier. But that sounds good. But most situations, the guy with the car, the football player, guys like that, they don't necessarily treat women the way that the guy that is not the football player, the guy that doesn't have as many options as the coolest guy in the school or the guy that graduated from school already and dating her may have. So he may start cheating. He may start treating her wrong even before she should be in a, in a situation like that, mainly because of how beautiful she is. She's dating kind of like above par guys. Next thing you know, she gets hurt a lot faster and she has to grow up a lot faster than other girls. So next thing you know, when she's an adult to a certain extent, she may feel like what's going on with me? You know, I'm beautiful. And then she'll look at herself in the mirror and say, what is going on in my life? Like, look at me. I'm beautiful. And the simple fact that a woman can look at herself and say, what's wrong with me? That can turn around and get even worse and just grow into something where, you know, she just doesn't even love herself, even though that, you know, she's revered as being a beautiful woman. Wow, you, you said um, wow, um, a, a lot of thought, um, um, a lot of thought-provoking um, statements that, that you made. Um, one, um, one of the things that I heard you say, um, or uh, what came to my mind when you was talking was that, um, a beautiful woman growing up, um, I mean, I, I just heard of, of being, lose her ability, um, to be dependent, uh, self-dependent, um, yeah. because she can find herself, you know, being catered to a lot. Yeah. And so what happens to that woman um, when she get into spaces and places where um, one is not being catered to, you know, she's not that what she's used to, you know, growing up all her life um, as as a young child, as a teenager and things of that nature. And then you get into that place where um, you're not um, you're not catered to as much then um, what, what happens to that woman? That's when things can possibly get uncomfortable because, and tell me, let me know if I'm wrong. I think um, we all, we all live off of levels. So it's like when women first dates the guy with the car mm-hmm. and the last guy she dated was on a bus, to a certain extent, can't go back to a guy that's on a bus. Right. So it it's levels to all of it, you know? So when a woman um is is dating uh, 
you know, like I said, an above-par guy, and it doesn't work out. And that's more or less what she's used to because of the levels. Mm-hmm. It may be hard for her to just deal with just a normal, everyday guy. One, because she's beautiful. And two, her level, her, her mindset of levels, like, yeah, it's kind of a lifestyle where things are just a little bit different and she can't necessarily be happy with a subpar situation if she's not used to it anymore because it's just human nature. And they say, you know, she gets, she's in a position where her options are actually lower than the average woman. She has actually less options because of how beautiful she is. What is that, right? Got you. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, for the most part, because we live in that, you know, we we get in that place of superficial, and you know, when we get in that ram of superficial, or we, you know, we're in this level or in this place, um, we don't ever we feel. Look, I don't want to downgrade. Don't downgrade me, right? Right. Um, we, we don't never want to be downgraded. Uh, once we upgrade, and 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 so you're absolutely right. And when you're looking. But, you know, a woman um, being in a in a place or have grown grown to or living at a particular status or statue, um, and and that when that pool is small, then of course options are limited, and then I guess the other thing would be what are you choosing from those options? Because I also heard you say that you know that call also calls her to be in a vulnerable state because the the, the, the her choice of choosing um, because you know um, she, because she because she is so beautiful she have the option to pick and choose um, what yeah. what it is that she want and what it is that she don't want but however because of what we're we're usually she would usually be looking for is you know one with uh, you know with the lavish lifestyle if she could get the lavish lifestyle of course that would be um, that of her choosing, but with that, it could come with um, a lot of unexpected um, consequences, or it could cause her to be in vulnerable situations that could hurt and damage her mentally, emotionally, um, psychologically. Yeah, because when it's, things move too fast, you know, things don't don't necessarily turn out right, and um, when and we can even go off of just like average lifestyles. It's simply about attention, get what you want, you know, getting your own way, you know, things like that. And it just, it mainly affects a woman's self-love and her value. And um, I don't think anyone should literally just lean on their looks, but we're two things. We're progressive by nature. So when a woman wants better than she had at first, that's just natural. Guys feel the same way. But on top of that, when you reach some type of mental ceiling, you don't realize, you don't really know where to go mentally because you've progressed so quickly as far as just the totem pole of, of dating, you know? And then you start, a woman can turn around and start wondering why she's not married yet. And then that, that that mental clock might start, you know, going off. And, you know, a woman can just really be in a position where she can lose love for herself. 
What do you think about that? I, I, I definitely um, hear what you're saying and even agreeing, agreeing with what you're saying. And so I, I want to get in your book as, as well as we're going to go through these chapters. But I, I want us to, um, if we can even have some dialogue, because, you know, that is, you know, uh, where that woman could lose that, I mean, lose self-love um, for herself um, because her her love or um, you, you mentioned lust earlier. Um, is after other things and those even though she's beautiful her potential or um, her value is is either in her beauty or she feel her self-worth attached to the type of lifestyle that she's able to maintain um, exactly, and unfortunately, I, you know, I, I know people and have heard of individuals. You know, they'll do whatever, and whether it's a, being abused and in you know relationships that really doesn't work, um, um, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, or what have you, because they want to maintain that standard of 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 lifestyle, and and it damaged them even more. Um, even you know, even more in their mind and in their heart, um, as well. Um, and so it just becomes a very um, trickle down effect. But I also I want to have conversation about okay, well, how do we? Where do we go? And and, and where do we get to to get these little girls? Amen. Because um, before they grow up to be beautiful women, they're beautiful little girls. And I know you got you have girls. And so, what do you? How do you um, mentor or talk or you know have those conversations with those daughters so that they don't grow up in a superficial lifestyle that could hurt, you know, um, that could damage their future because of the type of things that they would encounter um, because of just you know not so good lifestyle choices okay um not to skip through the chapters but this is a pretty good opportunity to talk about chapter seven which is party phase and in this chapter i specifically talk to young girls not Mm -hmm. just you know beautiful but mainly young girls um to a certain extent the age of 22 24, that young age is a very, I would say, fickle age because so many guys are more or less after that girl, mainly because in most in most cases, no children, no real bills, not a lot of responsibilities. Uh, she hasn't been around a lot of different situations, so she may be a little gullible. Uh, she's a little open to hanging out, drinking, having fun, staying out, and those things can easily make a young girl feel like she's on top of the world, and she may, you know, take a couple of risks or do a couple of things that she may, you know, not be proud of. And then as a woman gets older, she'll label that side, that, that part of her life, young and dumb. So, and there's nothing wrong with exploring. Because I believe we as people, we have to learn things. We have to do stupid things so we can learn what happens after. 
So when you're in your young ages, when you do something crazy or, you know, that is conducive to your growth, it's actually better to do then than when you're 30 and 40. But at the end of the day, a woman can really put herself in a bad situation because um, there's a statistic that's pretty uh, well known that one in every five women have been raped or abused by someone they actually know. So these young girls, you know, they get out having fun and they are lusted after by literally everyone because, you know, that's the age where, you know, you're just free, I would say, you know, because you don't have, you know, you may not just graduate away from college or in college, you know, there's a lot of variables that can just make a young woman feel like she's free and she can do whatever she wants. But here's the thing about um, party favors. I name the party favors because to a certain extent, all a young girl is to the world is a party favor, just like in a party. You're just somebody to be around, something to do, somebody to lust after. Because at that age, do you really know who you are as a person? Do you really have the capability of really understanding what love is, especially when you're beautiful and you got guys coming at you? You know, if a guy tells you you're beautiful, that might be all you need. But you're just like, okay, this is this guy really likes me, you know. And next thing you know, you know, you go forward and you find yourself hurt. So I would tell young girls to understand that you don't, you have not done anything to deserve someone's affection. You haven't done anything to deserve anyone's love, and you haven't done anything to really expect anybody to believe in you, you know, because you, you're still earning your keep. You're still learning more about yourself. So if you actually got into a relationship, what most likely would happen, it would end. So why get in a relationship? Practice. Because at this point in your life, Everything is just practice. Everything is just learning. Don't take anybody's name. I mean, anybody's word for anything. God tells you he loves you. Okay, sounds good. But most likely, he doesn't know what he wants. You don't know what you want. So whatever these words are coming out of this guy's mouth, there's nothing wrong, but you can't believe the person because do you love yourself? And if you don't love yourself yet because you don't understand yourself, you don't understand what you want, you don't understand what you don't want, which is so important. A lot of people don't even realize what they want, don't want. How can this guy or anyone in that situation really love you other than your family members? So that is uh, what I would tell young girls, mainly to just focus on the thought pattern that you are literally just somebody to be with, somebody to hang out with, somebody to play with because you don't even know yourself enough for anybody else to take you seriously because you're successful. So that's how I think about um, what I would talk to uh, young girls about. Amen. Uh, you said some very powerful things. Um, you, you said a lot, and you said a whole lot of truth. <laughs> um, that's for sure, you know. Um, and, and I'm glad that we're having this conversation in the church because um, these type of things are 
happening, you know, in the life of our um, young women, our older women, and and, and nobody's understanding of what it is and what's going on, you know, in their life. And, and so I'm, I'm just going to put on my pastor's hat for a second um, and here. Um, because, you know, it starts way before, and, and he got at that age four, and he said, okay, at this at this time, you know, you don't know who you are, you uh, and many don't know who they are, many are still in a self-discovery um, stage and phase in life, because one hasn't been groomed, one hasn't been groomed, um, for the most part, we're, we're, we're not groomed to purpose, we're not groomed to our calling, we're not groomed to, um, in, in places of self-love and self-identity, things of that nature, and, and that's why it's very, very vital, um, for parents, you know, to groom them as a little, as a little child, you know, before they get into teenage, um, teenagers and young adults, um, as well, um, teaching them the value, their value that that they are valuable and who, and more importantly who they are in Christ Jesus more importantly who they are in Christ Jesus you know Aaron you don't know this um I am surely me and my husband we are surely surely um like one out of maybe a million <laughs> we are one out of a million uh, that that would that um that that have taken place but we were youth. I was in the seventh grade. He was in the ninth grade um, when we met one another. And we're together um, to this day, um, 20, wow, awesome. right, seven, eight years later. Um, you know, we're, we're still together, but uh, something that's very rare. And um, even in our rareness, I, you know, I would not, um, I would not, I, I would I would tell any young lady uh, again to find you you know to find you self identity is so valuable and it is so important you know even at that age I mean, had no clue of really what what relationship was and what all in detail and so we have to have that relationship with with ourselves and so that's why it's very very important that um the parents that we are telling our kids you know how valuable they are that are loved and again i can't address enough in Christ Jesus because he's talking about this party favor um, component here um, because there are some women that are kept and the thing is how do they get to how, how do they keep them um, and, and they don't turn into party, party favors and that and I believe that is because of the different values the values that are instilled in them um, so that they could they, they would keep themselves and not be party favors. I also know women um, who have um, been party favors and now they're in a point in their life where now they are celibate or abstinent um, or purity. That's our word that we love to use. Purity um, because, you know, they found out who they were in Christ Jesus and they learned what their value is. And because they've learned what value is, they're no longer allowing others um, to devalue them, allowing men to devalue them. And, and they are in places and spaces in life where they are waiting, you know, um, for God to send their spouse. I also know men um, the same way. Um, praise God. You know, thank you, Jesus. Uh, and, and that there is a movement also as well that is going forth. But I think it's so vital that, you know, from the wound, from the wound when the child comes out, 
that they begin to understand a love language which is the language of god and understand and begin to learn who god is um even at that young age and us as parents teaching them so that they won't come in these spaces and places in their lives where they end up being wounded after you know one wound after the next after the other you know i i know many of women um men of god that's in that place space with what you was talking about and my heart really to them and i and i really can't um you know explain to them um or just give them you know my my uh my um synopsis of how to come out of those spaces or cycles of being wounded um because of being a party favorite cons- you know consistently and you said something imp- important i mean i have you know for some reason and i don't know why you know a, a man can tell a woman and i know why because they don't have because you don't have self-love but i mean can almost tell you um women anything and and they you know and they just do it um unfortunately in places places where where they become just you know another pun in the game and a broken pun so um but you said you said a whole lot of, <laughs> right a broken point but you said so much you said yeah. so many truths that in the church we don't deal with you know whatsoever um they're you know that's just the, the lifestyle that that they're they're living i mean um still in still in the church and they're going you know from broken state to broken state because that because i, I don't even know you can't go the, that's nice <laughs> uh, that's a very <laughs> nice way to put that <laughs> well you know like you're you're just a part of a party uh when you put together a party like as far as guys if you just think about it the number one thing that guys need are girls. And then alcohol. And then drugs. And then what the number one thing that guys need at a party is girls. So if you just look at wow. it that way, the party favors are the girls. And then you got the alcohol, you know, because there's not any, like, literally party favors like the girls are the actual party favors and it's not a party without girls so they're there to be somewhat played with or looked at with the opportunity to be played with wow okay we're talking and discussing the terrible life of a beautiful woman (laughs) the blueprint of of self-love we're here um in the studio with none other than aaron mallory we're going to take a break right here and church will be right back go ahead and share this platform on your social media platforms and we definitely look forward to connecting with you if you go if you're on the site in Church.com. You can definitely go ahead, and if you have any questions um, for uh, Mr. Mallory, you can um, go ahead and put a, a question there in the chat, and I'll definitely ask him um, that question for you as well. We'll be right back in the church in his name. Amen.
He's a mind regulator. My God, he is a provider. If you don't know, uh, now you just been informed. We was just listening to If You Don't Know by um Earl the Bass Man. And you just go out and pick up a copy of his music, uh, his CD. Uh, very, very powerful. Earl the Bass Man. If you don't know, amen. And yes, we are live. We do want to welcome you back in the church us on night. Thank you for sharing none other in the studio with us and Aaron Mallory, the author of The Terrible Life of a Beautiful Woman, The Blueprint for Self-Love. And we are having a dynamic conversation. And if you was with us earlier, he was talking about this party favor, right? These party favors that women are looked at or 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 um as party favors you know um for men and and how uh, because they are party favor how, how themselves in vulnerable situations where they can get hurt and and abused and and things of that nature um, and it reminded me in the text in the book of Esther, everybody is familiar with the story and so just depend on and i'm going to give some people about to have a view of this particular um, part of the text um, in the book of Esther. Everybody know about Queen, right? Um, everybody know that King at, um, Xerxes, that he had a party 
We know that he had invited all, everybody through our kingdom, 127 and from India all the way. And while they was there, you know, he um he was entertaining all of the men, Queen Vatican, she was entertaining all of the women, the, the queens, and, you know, everybody in the court. And we know that they were drinking. The text tells us that they were in high spirit for seven days. And so in seven days, you know, they was in their high spirit and um the men. So the king decided that he would call the queen to come over to um, the banquet where him and the men were. He didn't know the story. He wanted to put her on display. The actual text tells us that he called her, he said, to bring before him Vesti wearing royal crown in order to display her beauty to the people and know for she was lovely to look at. But we find something very ironic that the queen does here. She found herself in a space where she just did not want it, want to be gawked at, didn't want it to, you know, glazed on by the other men and things of that nature. And so she just did not, she just flat out denied the king, which could have caused her, her life. But she said she, at this point of where she was and what stage that she was in, she just was like, no, I am not. I know that you guys over there, y'all been drinking, and I already know the type of atmosphere I'm getting to come into. And so I am just refusing to do such a thing. And even with that, you know, the king got mad, the king got fury, the king was burning with anger. But on that day, Queen Master decided that she wasn't going to be a part of favor on that day um amen um glory to god you know thank you jesus she just was gonna deny the king even though um and i don't even know if you want to touch on this because i got even so many things going through my mind right now oh man of god but um even though it caused her getting removed out of the kingdom it caused her, her queenship oh my god mm. Even though it cost her her queenship, she was willing to, to lay down her queenship so that she wouldn't be a party favor, that she wouldn't be feeling, you know, um, all vulnerable, feeling such a type of way as she paraded her beauty around among men who had been drinking for seven days. Can you just imagine that? <laughs> so she was just like, yeah, not today. <laughs> She said, "Not today." In my <laughs> not today. No <laughs> so yeah, that's a um, that's that's a beautiful thing that she actually um took that made that made that sacrifice. Right, because so many are not uh, as hearing and listening to you, and also just of what's knowing. A lot of people don't need to make that. But we'll talk about, you know, um, and and dive into your book, and and so that women get into that place to where you know what I love myself. You know, as we we want to get into this blueprint for self love, where they're loving on themselves enough, where they're willing, you know, to make the sacrifice, to make the sacrifice, to um, you know. To, to live to live a life or of true love, you know, um, not a life of a, a superficial love, but a life of pure and true love. But with that love first starting within, and see so when you can when you love yourself at um, when you begin to love yourself at that capacity, yeah, you'll deny some things. 
you'll you'll deny being in vulnerable places and in vulnerable positions but there's a process for those who haven't been trained and we're so happy that we got the blueprint right here right the blueprint for self-love um right here that the power man has written so let's talk about this in in chapter one you deal with self-awareness and self-consciousness. You, you talk. You talk about clarity. So, um, I, I give us um, some background information on that. Okay. The biggest one of the um, the way I go into this chapter is uh, I give you a visual, visual visualization of a young girl dancing to some music. The music is coming from the other room. And her mom and her aunt, her two aunts, are in another room talking. And the young girl is just simply just twirling around, sliding across the floor, having a great time. And then she gets interrupted by her mom, who now is standing at the doorway. And she looks at her, her sister, you know, the mom, and says, oh, wow, you are so beautiful. Can you keep dancing? Well, as you already know, in a situation like this, the young girl stops dancing. Because now that she feels like she's noticed, hmm. she feels like something's wrong. Why are you looking at me? Why am I, like, am I not dancing right? And I started to talk about understanding, getting people to understand that, the thought pattern of self-awareness versus self-consciousness, it's a thin line between both. And you should be able to be yourself around anyone. But the only way you can be yourself, be a true self, and be happy being a true self is if you're self-aware and not self-conscious. Because being self-conscious causes you to be aware of someone else being aware of you or what you're doing. If you're already understanding of who you are, nothing nothing else would matter. So I try to get people to get more clarity on who they are, what they want in life, instead of worrying about how they're viewed by someone else. So the act of being self-conscious is a very negative thing. I teach people to be more self-aware. What do you think about that? Okay, and so when when you say self-aware, you know, only thing I can think about what comes to my mind is just purpose. You know, knowing who you are. Yeah. You know, being authentic with you. You know, and yeah. and and being authentic with who you are, and that just come with you know with love, trusting. You know, um, trusting yourself. Um, you know, trusting your abilities, you know, um, trusting um, the things that that is given that you have the capacity to do the things um, that that you that 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 you're called to do. And and so to me, it seems like you're also dealing with, you know, focusing, um, you know, having a change of attitude in our mind, um, a change of attitude in our thought process, you know, um, as well. Uh, when it comes to that place of self-awareness, self-awareness, you know, um, and versus self-consciousness, um, and being aware of, of me and also with being aware of me, 
being confident in me. Yeah. Being, you know, and so, um, and that, and that does, that does come with, you know, a change of mind. Um, that comes with a change of mind. Knowing with, in the scripture that comes to my mind is that, you know, look, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. He said, it said, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I know that all well. And that's a self-awareness statement um, that is being yes, made is. In, in Psalms 139. Um, as David is, I mean, even though it's a man, um, David, King David is making this particular statement. Um, and it's a very, it's a self-awareness statement, letting himself look. I, he said, I know that full well, that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And so when you know, when you have that type of attitude in your heart and in your mind, you know, I just believe that, um, that there is nothing, first of all, impossible for you to do, number one. Um, number two, when you have that type of confidence, you know, within yourself, you won't bow down or you won't make yourself be vulnerable in the hands of other people because of um, your, because of um, insecurities or things of that nature where se- that, that self-consciousness brings forth. Exactly. I totally agree with that. That's 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 my thought on that. Um, as uh, on when it comes to that, um, Mr. Mallory. So you talk about here about being um, displaced in in the story. Um, you wrote about you know how you know you were the protector, you know, for your mother. Um, you know, you yeah. came from one a role of being a child um, to now being a protector. You know, and things that I and then from being a protector, um, then from being a protector, then from from protector to being rejected in 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 in, in, in sort of way. And so, you know, and I'm sure it, it it had you in so many different places and spaces. So um, let's 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 talk about um, this chapter for a moment. Okay. Well, um, like you said before, um, I was crowned as my mom's protector, and it made me feel good as a as a young boy. And in this book, I really delve into like my life as a young young boy. As um, and it was a lot of different situations where I felt like even not even when I was young, I felt like I can do this. I can protect my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one point um, in this particular chapter where we were on a bus. We just came from gro- came from uh, going to the grocery store, and we didn't have a car. And it was uh, this was when uh, we we moved from Philadelphia to Syracuse, New York, before we came to Atlanta. And we were on a bus. It was like night outside. Uh, it's probably about seven o'clock, something like that. And uh, it was snowing. It was like snowing. It was snow was everywhere. And we were about to get off the bus. So on the back of the bus, the way the doors are for the people who never rode buses before, because it is out there who know the bus, um, you have to push the door out to get off the bus. And then once you push the door out, the door down shut after each person gets off the bus. So what happened was I went off first, and the door slammed shut. And no, my mom got off first, 
or the door. So I'm on the bus. The bus takes off, driving away. Now, I'm sitting here like, I just lost my mother. All I see is just my mom's hand touching out of the bus as the bus is shot. I'm sitting there, I just lost my mother. Like, I'm in shock where I don't even cry. I'm just sitting there like, what am I going to do without my mother? Like, she's my everything. So, you know, I know snapping out of it after the bus is, has been driving for a certain amount of time. And so, you know, if I tried to find out what's wrong, find out what's wrong, they tell the bus driver, but by then, we're like probably, you know, half a mile up the street. Let's pull over. Let's can't turn around or do anything like that. But, so, all the bus driver can do is wait and hope my mom shut up. But that was a pretty long way. So I'm sitting here thinking, my mom is not coming back. It's dark. There's something happened to her. And I have to grow up if I'm going to properly be able to take my mother because I can't even fend for myself. So I really took protecting my mother seriously. And when she finally made it back to the bus, and she was okay. I felt fine, like I'm never, I'm not gonna allow this to happen again because something could happen. Because if you think about it, I was in a position, not her, but so I really took protecting my mom very seriously. But once we moved to Atlanta, my mom started dating different guys. They didn't meet her at all, and I actually found myself witnessing something that I would never forget. It was one night I was asleep. I heard some strange noises. I decided to get up and come out to the living room. When I came out to the living room, I witnessed my mom being sexually assaulted on the living room couch. All I could do is say, get out my mom. There's nothing I can do. I'm like seven years old. Wow. And right then, I felt like, once again, I'm feeling my mother. Now I'm feeling like this is a person, even though I'm young. But I'm supposed to be protecting my mother. And I'm I'm, I'm failing. This is the second time I've failed. My, mom, my mom's crying. So once I got older... I always remember these things to me, constantly in my mom. And I actually started beating up guys that were more or less around my mother or if they woke up at my mother or if it was a guy that I know has abused my mother. I actually, you know, got my boys and rough the guys up. And it was pretty bad, you know. So my mom... My mom actually uh, called the police on me. I had to leave the house. Well, I couldn't come back home because my mom called the police on me. So for certain my days, I didn't know what I was going to do. I just sat here and uh, more or less avenged my mother. For all the situations that my mom's been in, now I'm officially in a position where I can do something about it, and I'm actively doing it. And the first time I actively protect my mother from an aggressor, I'm hurt. I don't know what to do. 
And I finally get a chance to sit down with my mom, and I ask her, like, why in the world would you do this to me? And when she tell, when she opens her mouth and says, Aaron, I need you to understand that if you run these guys away, I'm never going to have anybody. I'm never going to meet anybody. And I'm looking at my mom, and I'm like, what do you mean? You graduate from college. You're beautiful. Like, you can do better than this. And she says, no, I can't. That was when I realized my mom did not love herself. Right. 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 I have so many um, different, you know, just um, questions and thoughts just going through my head. Um, one of the first thoughts that I that I want to address or that I would like to address with you, uh, Mr. Mallory, with this displacement, because I'm sure that there, uh, there are a lot of young men um, out here or either mothers that are listening who have crowned or, or that have been crowned as a protector. And you said, you know, I felt the times that that I couldn't um, protect her, um, I, I felt as if I failed my mother. And so, yeah. with with that with with that being in mind, is it fair um, to a young child to put them in a position as a protector, um, even though um, you know? They don't really have the capacity to protect. Well, in my opinion, that's, that's first of all, that's an absolutely great question. Because this is the way I look at it. And it goes from a, a, a different parenting standpoint. But I agree, I agree with what she actually did. Because one, it instilled these things in me at an early age. And one thing that a lot of these parents as well as me, know that if you don't instill things in your child at a young age and they start being a part of the world and they start, you know, seeing different things, they have an opinion about stuff. And they might look at your way as a parent versus somebody else's way as, you know, their friend, how their mm-hmm. friend is parenting or what's going on on TV and say, you know what? No, I like it that way versus this way. But before all of that happens, at a seven, eight, eight range, it's all parents. There's nothing else in the way of your parenting. And you can instill the things that are most important for your child to learn. So, yes. You could say that instilling me being a protector of my mom was very early, but it was before I was able to have an opinion about what she's actually instilling in me because I was too young to know anything else. All I had was my mom. All I, all I knew was my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, at that age, your friends aren't smart enough. Your friends aren't exposed to anything enough to be able to say no. Well, this way is better. That way, you know, it's just like uh, when you're a teenager and your parents is like, hey, you shouldn't smoke weed. And then your friends are smoking weed. Now you're like, hey, you know what? You don't know. You're old. 
you, you don't know what's going on these days, so I'm going to smoke weed. But as a young child, all you know is your parent, and your parent is the end-all, be-all. So my mom was the end-all, be-all, and she instilled it where it stuck. So that's my opinion about that. Uh, I think it's important to instill things at that much of a young age, even though it was a lot of responsibility. Because now I'm grown, and I still act the same way when it comes to being around a woman. I'm her protector. You know, the, the text tells us to train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he get old, he won't depart, right? And um, yeah. and so that, that's just a part of that process that was placed there um, in you with that training um, process. Um, and you said for you, Salah, and everything, or, you know, that to put that idea, being prepared, even though the responsibility um, was at the age, but it, it matured you. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, in in that in that process. Okay, um, you said something about um, when you were, you know, you was in a place and you're in your mother, and, and you discovered that your mother did not love herself. You spoke about as a, a young man, you when you were, um, you know, protect your mother, and and the instant instant where she she did call. Um, police on you, whatever, and you felt hurt, and I'm um, felt a little vulnerable as well, um, because there were a lot of you know things that you're just trying um, to figure out. And I do love the fact that you went back and you talked to your mother, uh, and that just shows that you guys did have a relationship um, that was open, we could have you know dialogue, and that she was with you, um, just because I don't know women in. And, you know, in my household, my, my mother was very young. Um, you know, whatever she said was just the beginning and the end. We just did a conversation. <laughs> so that's, that's about what we talk about unity. It, it, it was real. Um, about, um, you know, unity and awareness. You talk about, you know, how women realize that um, the most beautiful and successful woman in the, in the mirror staring at some of them, staring in a mirror, even though they're beautiful, you know, they themselves, they just do not like it. So in their mind, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm envisioning, you know, this at this moment, you know how it's, yeah. it's what, I'm, what I'm envisioning. Yeah. Um, it's a shirt, you know, it just have all different pieces. And so you're just looking at these pieces. I don't like this. You know, I know you're about what I like. My mom, like, hey, don't like my head. Like, well, you know, just, you know, just this thing. And let's talk about that. Age thing? Uh, uh, you know, I wish I was there. I was young. So the way. So, well, let me know, guys. Hey, real quick. I was at a marriage at Lodge contest a long time ago. And, you know, and she said, big, I'm have a knife. And everybody looked at it and said, like, hold on, she's, where did that come from? Well, apparently, Mary J. Blige herself, a famous 
beautiful, wealthy woman that is admired all the world did not love herself. She was overthinking what she like her she felt self conscious. The thought of somebody noticing some somebody noticing what you're so she just assumed the crowd was noticing the things that she was noticing. I point in the woman is either feeling the same way as you are when you, and that women are not the enemy. Wondering why women hate on each other and or talk other their lack of self love. If they put another woman down, it'll make her feel better about herself. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we come around and you're like, oh, I, you know, I, I'm everything. I'm there. And she herself mirrored that, that morning feeling the same way about hair. Oh, I wish this was that. that they will ever be able to unify 
with anybody else because whatever dysfunction that one may have on the inside of them, that same dysfunction will flow over into any relationship that they have or, uh, or you know, any environment that they are in. Um, that's the unity on the inside will flow out on the outside and it impact it impact or infect um, the environments and the people um, that they engage with the environments that they that one is in and so that's why I said look a divided house cannot stand and so when you're divided within yourself you're always in turmoil you're always in disarray and so you gotta come to a place where you at peace within yourself and that's that comes back number one clarity knowing who you are being confident with who you are and when you're confident and in, in who you are and knowing who you are um you you are no longer divided within yourself you love who you are you know you love everything about you and so you're at peace with you and so even when you come in in spaces and in environments where there's other people you know you're not intimidated not not only are you not intimidated you know um, you're not competing with one another or you're not comparing yourself um, to anybody else because you're just confident in who it is that you are. And with, with that confidence, with that boldness, you can also, now you can begin to, you know, join and um, with other women and, and, and speak and greet other women, embrace you know, other women in love, you know, in love um, with, with yeah. no hidden motives and uh, anything of that nature. The other thing, text that comes in my mind, it talks about we being um, many um, parts of one body, right? And so you talked about how we all have um, similarities or uh, we always, we all have things in common. And so that's just like us, you know, as, as the body. You know, in order for the body to where we want the body to function, you know, appropriately, and so, um, and and with the body of uh, functioning appropriately, and we're talking about these different parts. These different parts are very unique. These different parts are are needed in order for the body to function appropriately. You know, even as we go through our own body, each each part of our body has a uh, is a very special, unique part what that particular part can do nothing else on the body can do right and that's how we are as individuals god has so uniquely made and designed us that you know we are original designs i I just love that about god Um, but we got to understand that we are an original design and when when you understand and when we all understand that we're original designs you can't i mean you can never compete against an original right um and also when exactly. you understand that you're an original design you won't try to copy anybody else why because you don't want to be uh, uh you want you don't want to be a watered down version of somebody else you want to be who you are because at your self, your value you're so much more valued um go get a copy of a melissa painting for about 10 or 5 dollars maybe off the street but the original copy is way over you know million dollars or what have you why because it's authentic and so still brings knowing who you are be self-aware you know of what God, who God, who God has, what God has called you to be, who He's called, and what it is that He's called you to do as well. Loving, and it starts with love. Loving who you are. Um, you talked about um, loving yourself. What it really means? 
And you tell yeah. me nobody never teaches you how to love. No one teach you off of yourself. And um and because of that, you know, we go through so many different trials and eras and um through life. And so um you talk about how your mind works like a radar detector, um, as if it's calibrating um to detect everything and so this this mind you know is searching it's it's searching it's searching um for this 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 um this feeling um is searching to try to fill this void that one have which at the end of the day comes down to love so i'm gonna let you talk about it um amen um glory to god because i I think it's gonna be very very interesting here okay this is a very powerful chapter and I start off with the police officer with the, well I will start off with the radar detector okay visualize a police officer being on the side of the road with a radar detector aim the radar detector that is not calibrated yet at the traffic what happens the red eye ticket just goes out. Beep, 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 right. beep, 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 He's not going to be able to get anything done because it's literally calibrated to detect any car that's moving, let alone a car that's going fast. He has to physically turn the calibration down, turn it to whatever the illegal limit is for him to be able to pull someone over. If he does not do that, he's not going to get anything done. Turns it down to 90 miles per hour or over. He aims it, and it's quiet. And now he's able to patiently detect the person that is speeding. So next to you know, smile speeding. That's the car. In particular, that one car, that blue uh, Chevrolet Palo, let me go get him. Now, thousands or hundreds of other cars have passed by. But that Chevy Malibu is the one that is the problem. So we do this with our own lives. Your entire existence will open up. And you will be so able to be happy with yourself. Because the brain, its number one job is to detect danger. Hmm. But we as humans, we have emotions. And don't necessarily have this emotions or emotions like we do as human beings. So especially you know, because we're, we're, we're born looking at TV and, and all these other things and seeing other people's relationships, other people's situations, and, and other people's this and other people's that. So our brain, our, our brain is more meant to detect danger. So... There's no danger when you're in your bathroom looking in the mirror, of course, right? But the other thing that is meant to detect is anything that can possibly hurt you or anything that is that is, uh, not right or anything that is off. So when your brain have has all these figures, you know, already in its database as how a woman is supposed to look, how a woman's hair is supposed to look, how her body is supposed to look, the shape of her, the, the you know, her, her her face is flawless because, you know, you're looking at TV for all these years. These 
not calibrated at all, you're detecting every single blemish. You're detecting every single thing that is going against what's in your brain's database from all the TV shows, all the movies, of all these beautiful stars with all this makeup on. You know, your brain doesn't know there's makeup on these women's faces. Your brain just sees and detects something different than what is in its database. So next thing you know, you're like, all over your body, all in it. Your nose is too you know, because it's going against your memories of other women's hair. So it's something like that. Oh, I, I hate my hair. Oh, I hate my skin. You throw this shit down. Because just like that police officer sitting on the side of the road, can't get in his job to protect you. And since we have feelings, that's a part of protection too. Our brain has to protect how we feel. As well as, you know, being safe. So this is the thought pattern on you. But as far as what does loving yourself truly mean, go deep in chapter get to understand that we have not at any time taught not just how to love ourselves, but to love ourselves. We're taught to love everyone around us. That's good. Now, I said that the, um, at the speaking engagement, you know, you go to a, um, a gathering, with, you know, when you were young, and here comes your mom. Hey, go hug him. Go hug her. Go, go, go. Go say hey to your auntie. Go outside and play with your cousins. Get to know them. You're, you're told to care about and hug and kiss all the, all the different people. You don't necessarily know, but never tell to love yourself. So we never learn it. What do you think about that? You know, and we all to um um is right um in in you know even with um what what we are um what we're shown or what we are told to do you know we we're never really um get the understanding of love, you know knowing of you know so until we gotta first understand what is what love is not um you gotta first and and to really understand what love is, um, you gotta know who love is, right? Um, and and just through my own personal story, um, um, man of God, that you know, even with me, you know, like I told, you, we was young, uh, when me and my husband got together, and you know, even when we got married, um, you know, when I found out what love was, I had to go back and apologize to him. <laughs> when wow, I found okay. out what true love was, oh Jesus! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had to go back and apologize. Um, real life, my love was superficial. <laughs> right? Exactly. And I real love was superficial because I really I didn't because I know how to love mm-hmm. myself, and so I had to learn love with me learning. God learning understand love and understand love I was able to begin to love with be good getting this way because now I understand what love now I can go and I, I'm happy to love my husband with pain being kind you know um, that, that is what real love is not you know not boastful 
love, you know, they say love covers multitude of sin. You know, um, love keeps no record of wrong. It's not easily anger. It's not self-seeking. And see, many of times I get caught in self-seeking. That's a part of that superficial love. It is so self-seeking. And so, I, you know, I had to go yeah. back and apologize to my husband. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> to keep it real was it something that he wanted absolutely not i'm absolutely sure he probably oh my god but you know because it's the power of love you know and it's so profound um you know and to realize that i've been doing this thing wrong um all my life and you got to understand i was about 30 something you know, I was early yeah. discovered yeah, yeah. real everybody. You know, we we was we had and in this time. You know, you, I'm coming into the understanding of true love. Wow! Yeah, I can imagine <laughs> the argument in that house. <laughs> oh, God be the glory! I God be the glory because it called me to be in a place. And in a space in my life where I can be number one honest with me, and so now that I could, because I was able to be honest with myself, I was able to be honest with him, and also you know being honest with him, also letting him know where am I now, you know, because of this knowledge, I came into what it really is, and I knew that I can love you with true love, right? Um, and, right. you know, and so you know, it, it, and it, it, you know, and it was a process, and and you know, it was a process. It wasn't an over thing um because I love from a young age um we just adapt to you know whatever given unto us and so and I'm just coming just with my real life example uh you know it was just, it was just it's so real and and, and I just thought for me for me I was I just had to be fortunate fortunate enough um, to to just to have my husband, is, um, you know, just being, you know, from one party favor, another party favor, you know, to another party favor, you know, we're just so rare. And I thank God, I, I really do thank God um, as well. Um, but my God, Jesus, <laughs> that, that radar, I, I'm telling you, if I could just tell you the stories. But look, let us do yeah. this. We're going to take a small short break. We gonna take a short because this thing yeah. good. This is really good. Yeah, this is good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we way fast break. <laughs> good. Yeah, oh my god. Uh, we gonna take a break right here in the church on tonight, okay. and we're gonna take a break. Look, I'm telling you, it's gonna get even better. Um, uh, on tonight, go ahead and share this podcast on your social media platforms you can also go ahead um and text somebody email somebody say look y'all need to get on this broadcast on tonight on tonight because we are dealing with self-love amen the blueprints of self-love as we as we um, dive into this powerful book the terrible life the terrible beautiful woman by aaron mallory We'll be right back in the church in Jesus' name. Amen.
Never let me 
or a storm only thing you have to do is call out to him the psalmist tells us he said I cried out to the Lord he delivered me from all my fears he delivered me from all of my trouble amen glory to God right in the middle of it I know I'm glad he came and snatched me from furnace fire amen right in the middle of it glory to God thank you Jesus hey, we gotta give him some glory give him some praise because we've been in the middle of some things some people been in the middle about to lose their mind about to commit suicide about to go hurt somebody else but in the middle of it he came and he saved you amen he changed your mind and changed your thoughts amen i'm going to god thank you jesus my lord my lord my lord in the middle of it surely he will come and save the amen in the name of Jesus. Yes, we are live in the church on tonight. Um, and we're having a topic as we're discussing the life of a beautiful woman. Um, the blueprint of self-love by Amen Mallory. And it is such an honor to have him in the church with us on tonight. You know, I'm telling y'all, <laughs> this happened but fun fun and more fun we're gonna go ahead and dive in just a little bit more into the book um on tonight you know um mr mallory you talk about um um these five minutes um and with even this five minutes not is not value equally by everyone but time is and and we said we give people in our lives only five minutes of time and at a time and if they don't five minutes that we shouldn't give we should give that time to someone else my god let's talk about this okay i thought this chapter off by saying imagine somebody saying girl you better make them wait give it up too easily what am I talking about? I'm talking about time. Because what women do like, you may think you're awesome, but awesome is real. So, whether you give that man sex, whether you give that man attention, whatever it is, he may not value what it is as much as you value it because he is used to or has been exposed to 
wholly different things than you've been exposed to. But the one thing that we all value is time. Everybody's five minutes is the same. But everybody's sex is not the same. Everybody's attention is not the same. So the number one thing that you have to always, I mean, always value is the time that you're losing. That is the number one reason why I'm saying this five minutes. Because I want you to think about how much time you've lost in these relationships. You sit back and just think, and all the ex husband, ex girlfriend, ex boyfriend, you just think, wow. If I wouldn't have met so and so, I would have been telling that. There's people in here who are in divorces right now, and they may feel like, you know what? I just wasted 10 years of life. And I'm 38 years old. And I met this man or this woman. I met this man or this woman when I was 28. And I looked good when I was 20. Now I'm getting a little weight. I got all this other stuff going on. And now I got to get back out here and myself all over again. And I could have been doing this 10 years. I just wasted 10 years with this person for nothing. And that is what life is about. It's the 10 years. It's not about sex. Millions of people out here, they may feel like, you know what? I don't want to have sex with this person this early. I don't want to do this. I'm going to make them wait. None of this stuff has anything to do with it. Actually, a trick. You know, if, say you make a guy wait six months before you have sex. That day, no matter what happens before that, Something solidified in your brain the day you have sex. And nothing really matters after that. Because he's solidified in your brain as your guy, the guy, your man. Even if you already know or knew things that just weren't right, you may say, you know what? Something's not right with this guy. Something's not right with this woman. But the second you wait, because you've invested time as person. So the second you have sex with that person, for whatever reason, you feel like, no matter what, this is my guy, this is my girl, and it is what it is. You ignore everything else. And no matter, well, to a certain extent, but almost no matter what this person does to you or in any kind of way, after you have sex, you feel like, well, the gateway has been opened, so, oh, well, I just got to deal with it. If you focus on five minutes, the day he met you, and you look at him, you say, okay, I'll give you my phone, no problem. And then you sit down and you talk to him on the phone. You say, all right, all right, he's there for another five minutes. Okay, okay, he's doing good, he's doing good. And on date number five, he's still doing good? Okay, all right, all right, no problem. As long as you look at life in those increments, you'll those increments more. You won't waste 10 years with somebody because you're thinking about five minutes. I don't want to waste another five minutes with this person. Let alone 10 years. This will give you your youth back. This will give you your freedom back. Just focusing on time instead of the physicality. Because physicality is a trick. Because I don't know what will happen. I don't know if it's dopamine or what. But we all 
feel like once we have sex with that person, that's our guy or that's our girl. We're together. Anything else doesn't necessarily mean anything unless it gets crazy, unless it gets stagnant. But before it gets crazy, before it gets stagnant, how many minutes have went by? How many years have, have went by? How many weeks have went by? Focus on those five minutes. Make an assessment on what is going on in the present. And if it's not right, you said something crazy, you said not talk about it right then and there. Wait, 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 wait. I, I, I don't like what you just said. What what, what did you do? What did, you know, like, wait, talk about this right now. I don't, I don't like what he just said. I don't like what she just said. We need to talk about it. And get that person another five minutes to explain himself. And then go from there. Love is not blind. Focus on every five minutes and make assessment as you go. What do you think about that? You said love is not blind. Um, make an assessment as you go. Make an assessment as you go. Um Five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. A couple of things that begin to come through my mind. Number one is, um, everybody go, hey, as the strategy said, I am all about optimizing your time. <laughs> Amen. About optimizing time. And so many times, the, the word of God says there's a time and a season for every activity of the sun. So, so many times we spend our time with wrong activities. We spend our time... Um, in wrong places, doing wrong things, um, in bad experiences, um, because uh, we're not discerning times. Um, I, I do believe, you know, also that, um, you know, as you were saying, that pe- many people waste years in relationships um, that is not ordained or that's not constructive or conducive or even where they are going. Now, um, for you know, I just believe that strategically plan absolutely everything. And if we can get in the plan of God, then surely we won't lose all. You know, I tell those um, who are single, you know, so many times, you know, we are, we are wasting time. And he said, look at it in five minute increments. Does this person really, really um, deserve your time? Um, and... And 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 stop ignoring, stop ignoring um, things, red flags that show itself. Because also at the end of the day, we're talking about you know thinking about how much time have you waited dating or in relationships or you know a marriage that just wasn't even ordained from you from the beginning because you never took the time to assess. Um, the individual assess conversations, assess you know various different things, and you know for me I, and I and I just say it this way is that you know you can't. So many women say, okay, I'm looking for Boaz, I'm looking for my Boaz, right? Um, I'm, or I'm waiting for my Boaz, or or, or expecting him to show up. But so many times you are with um, you find yourself with the wrong person that's come up. Um, that don't give you the that and you don't have the space for who God has uh, planned for you or ordained for you to find you because you're wasting valuable time with the wrong 
person. Um, I, I, I mean, I just can't stress enough is being, you know, in that waiting chamber, allowing God to do what it is that he needs to do. Do you, do you go out, um, and, 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 and do you, do you go out and do you live yet? I don't mean staying at home and, you know, just being at home and don't do anything. No, I mean, they still go out and, um, go hang out, you know, and things of that nature. What have you? There's appropriate way, um, you know, even in courtship. But making sure, even with that, is it worth your time? Because there are things, flags that take place earlier on. But sometimes, because we're so thirsty, because there's so many voids, um, that is there, and you're just trying to meet that immediate void that you may feel, and not think about the long-term effect of the void of what it is that you are trying to, uh, what what you're trying to fulfill or you're trying to to stain and it again it brings me to the woman um in the bible who had the 10 coins and that and that was a plate of completeness and she lost one and the void was there and the empty uh, was there and so she did went on a search and but um and and just like us we're on the search and but usually we're searching in the dark and we're searching in the dark, bumping in and grabbing, you know, all of the wrong type of things that's keeping us from obtaining what it is that we really need. And so it's about turning on the light, um, which is the word Lord, um, so that we don't find ourselves in wrong spending um waste time in relationships, um, um, in you know, wrong relationships, doing you know things, continue to keep us in places that continue to keep us um also um in places and in spaces um where we're not positioned for the man that God has called for in our life as well because so many times you know even when the right one come if you haven't been healed from the wounds that you have encountered um because you have not um, you have not evaluated the time that you've been spending with other with 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 other men or what have you. The when the right one comes, sometimes women are so wounded that um that he even tolerates for things that he'll have to endure, but always have to pay um for what the next man or the other man in her life had done. Um, and I'm just so you know serious about that and. Um, I, I want to say this, and I'm going to give this back over to you because I know I'm. A, I definitely I'm so serious about being real, and I don't mind being naked, you know. Amen. I, um, because because God's a healer, I know Him as a healer, and and because I know the type of things that happen in our lives, you know, even as women, um, as women, um, that we've been exposed to. Now I remember, you know, my my dad wasn't there, right? So that was rejection from my dad. I was arrested. Young as a, a young lady, a young child, um, as well, molested or what have you, and so even with that, um, you know, that just brought a whole lot of hostility toward men, right? Men, right? And so I remember one day, and y'all hear me say this all the time. My husband had to, he had to literally, he literally sat me down and was like, you know, I apologize for every man that ever hurt you, and. I can't enough to God be the glory. Thank you, Lord, that I hadn't had relationships with men, you know, um, because I, yeah. I can't even begin to understand what a, a woman who've had a, a lot of relationships, just the emotional cycle. I, I, I can't even begin to understand that um, because I haven't had to experience that. 
Um, but I do know from my father not being there in a in a in a, in a man violating as a child, it brought up a whole lot of anger and hostility, and my and my husband had to deal with, you know, a lot of the issues that occurred from that. And 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 I talk right. about it all the time. And it was like one of the most shocking things to ever that I ever heard when he was like, I apologize for every man who ever hurt you. And it was like, whoa. And and my brain began to process that. Oh. It began to stimulate my mind, man of God. It was like, whoa. <laughs> and it changed my life because it brought it brought self-awareness. That statement that he made to me. Right brought self-awareness to me and stimulate my mind and my thoughts and like and it it began to transform me as well (laughs) amen of course i think you said wow i wasn't expecting all of that (laughs) but i like to keep it real in the church you know yeah that's a lot yeah (laughs) Um, I like to keep it very real in the church because so many times, you know, we, we come and we be special and we're not dealing with superficial people. We're dealing with people, real people who have, who having real issues, who have similar situations that we have been in or that we have been exposed to. And we, come, we sit around and act like everything has been perfect all our life. That does a lot. We hurt other people's opportunities of being healed, set free and delivered so let's talk exactly. about this um you, you said in chapter six keys compete for locks let's talk about that for a moment okay this is where a lot of people make mistakes at. and it's kind of like goes right along with the five minutes i put them like behind each other on purpose Imagine a key, okay? And this is how we are. We all, we have not just insecurities, but we have imperfections, which causes the insecurities. And we complain about our imperfections. We complain about how this isn't this and that isn't that. I'm too short. I'm too tall. I'm too heavy. I'm too this. I'm too light. I'm too dark. All these different things are the ridges of our particular perspective keys. Every key is different. And if a key was actually perfect, it wouldn't open anything. Because in order to unlock a lock, unlock a door, it has to have imperfection. And for us to be who we actually are, just like you talked about earlier, we, we are unique. So each one of us is a specific key. And that key is meant to open a particular lock. Mm. And with five minutes along with this, we spend too much time inside of a lock without even knowing that the lock won't click, not knowing that the lock will not turn. Because I'm sure you've walked up to a door, whether it's your house, or anywhere else, and you put the wrong key in there by mistake, and it doesn't turn. But it go in there because most keys are somewhat shaped and same. The ridges are different. So you can put that key in there all you want. It's not going to click. So you focus on the thought pattern of, okay, 
is this right for me in particular? Not just is this right? Because this right is just like the key going in. But is this right for me? It's about turning lock, unlocking that lock, and hear that click noise. That's when you know. That's when you feel that this is right. So it may not be right for you, but it may be right. But not for you. So even if you're you're with somebody who may feel like you may feel like they are the perfect person, but it's not clicking. Let them know because they may be the right person or the perfect person, but not you. You are a different key, and there's nothing wrong with it. All of your perfections are specifically what make you special. And you have to find that particular lock that will open when you hear that clicking noise. So that's specifically what that chapter in particular is about. Um, I delve into a lot of different ways how women compete with each other. Mm-hmm. And I give you a, a, a thought pattern that a lot of people don't think about. You're with somebody, right, and you built this guy up. He didn't have a job when you met him. He didn't have this when he met him, but now he looks great. He has this going on. He has that going on, and he turns around on you, and he has an affair on you, right? Do you realize that a lot of women will literally stay with that guy specifically to make sure the girl he cheated on, he cheated on her with doesn't get him? Wow. She's literally competing with the girl that he cheated on. Instead of being like, you know what, you're a dirtbag, I'm out of here, or either, you know what, we're going to get some counseling, we're going to figure this out. It has nothing to do with that. In most cases, you're feeling like, you know what, this other woman is not going to come in and, and, and take what I built. This guy did not have it. He did not have that. I am not going to die because he is A, B, and C because of me. Next thing you know, you live the rest of your life miserable. All because you're competing with another woman and not even focusing on whether that lock will actually turn. You're just happy to be inside the lock. Having to keep a lock makes no sense if it doesn't turn. Quit inside that lock. If it doesn't, it's time for you to go. So that's specifically what I'm just hearing stop being delusional. (laughs) Um, You know, come out of, um, you know, being delusional and um, and try to make things work that, you know, will never work out and, you know, stop wasting your time, you know, I, and, you know, even as you was talking earlier, I'm just still hearing, you know, the words, because I declare the plans for you, plans to prosper and not to harm, plans for hope and a future, right, and so when in these um, situations, where, um, you know, where we're just with the wrong people, um, with the wrong individual, and we're wasting time, you know, it's something that we just cannot get back. Something, time is something that is, cannot be recovered. Once it's gone, 
is gone and we got very sensitive and very serious about our time and i'm i'm sensitive and serious i don't care in what space i am in in business in it just it, all over the place i'm so serious when it comes to time because it's something that we cannot get back the other thing that i was thinking about what i thought about was you know in the book of genesis um, you know, I made Adam, and when when he told Adam, look, I need to find you, um, you need a suitable helper. And what he said, when he's the word suitable is that you need, uh, you need ones that, mm. that's fit for you, right? That's, <laughs> that's right. what you're talking about. You yeah. need one that's fit yeah. for you. That's and, um, you. you know, remember he had Adam to, 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 to name all of the animals and all of this. And so as all the animals came by and all of this, God was just in his mind, like, wait a minute, you know, um, man, leave me alone, you know? And so I gotta, we gotta have something. We gotta, I gotta make you a helpmate, someone that's suitable to you, somebody that fits you, somebody, you know, that you can merge with somebody that you can be one with. And what I love about it is, you know, God could have took the dirt and he could have formed the dirt again and blew the breath of life in it and, and, and made Eve. He could have done that. But what he began to give me revelational knowledge was because he was making um, a, a, a suitable helper for, from him for him. And because he was making this suitable helper for him, he took her from his rib. And as he took her from his his rib, he it began to give me the um the revelation of a puzzle piece, right? And so to make sure that there was a perfect right. match right, on for one another, and so that made sure that there was a perfect match that you know um um for one another because as mm. she came out of him. Right? And right. so we got to begin to just really look at life a whole lot different. I know we're looking <laughs> at text and scripture in a whole other different way tonight. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. But if we begin to see how these, how the word just really is important for our lives and what help us from dealing with um, unnecessary um, pain hurt, disappointment, shame, you know, and things of that nature. So he made her suitable. And so it was just like a, a, a piece of puzzle. And I was thinking about, you know, how, um, you know, when you was younger and you had, and you did, and you played with puzzles, and sometimes you try to uh-huh. make pieces fit that don't fit. Yeah, yeah. And it just messes up the whole fit. picture. <laughs> The little parts are bending on the side. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, and even you know, and it's a, even if you if it if you if it, if it, it looked together, it's all messed up. But the picture is not perfect. Why? Because nope. you got pieces all out of place that and don't it just fit. don't work together. They don't fit, right? And so we got to stop trying to make things fit. When look, I, I love what you said. You said, "Is it good for me?" Now, you're good, but are you good for me? You got to value yourself. You got to value yourself just that much. Uh, You know that you just have to be in a place and in a space in your your heart and in your mind that this thing got to be good for me. And I'm not accepting anything else. I am a royal priest. I I am a a holy Mm -hmm. nation. I am a queen. Women, we got to but in our mindset, look, I'm a queen. I'm unique. I'm valuable. But there's nobody else in this world like me. And 
refuse to be devalued because I'm hanging out or entertaining, um, you know, things that is just not worth my time, not worth my energy, and just not going to take me to places where it is that I am, I am where it is that I need to be or where it is that I'm looking to go. Um, you talk about... Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, that's what I think about that. You 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 deal with this wants and versus likes, right? You deal with yeah. wants versus likes. And um, here, you you said when a guy likes you, it's like wanting candy. <laughs> and and uh-huh. you said we don't have to earn candy. But when a guy wants you, he is willing to go through some stuff in order to mm-hmm. be with you and and won't want to let you go. Like qualifying for a house, you are making mm-hmm. a life decision when buying a house, and you and you have to be ready for everything. So, does he want you, or does he just like you? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I visualize a guy walking through a target, right? He candy, grabs some candy, unwraps it, eats it, throws the wrapper away. Mm-hmm. While he's walking, he sees two women. He sees one girl. She has a nice tight dress on. She's looking great, beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Then he sees another woman. It's some tights with a ponytail like she just left the gym. Now, in his mind, he's going to want, I'm sorry, he's going to like the girl in the tight dress because he can see everything. It's right there full. But when he looks up, young lady with tights just came from the gym with a ponytail, Looks like one, of course, she works out. Two, she eats right. Three, she's not gonna put up with any crap. Mm. Four, she's she may not even be in the mood for you. So, for you to even breathe her way, you have to already come up with something in your mind what to say, what to do. And if she does give you some time, what do you do then? What do you say then? And she does give you her phone number. Can you sustain this potential situation? Because if you're not eating right, you're not going to get with her. You're not going to keep keep her. If you're not working out, you're not going to be able to get with her. You're not going to, be able to keep her. So you might want to go right then and there. If you're not working out, you're not eating right, you're getting all the other stuff. You're not taking care of yourself right. You're not going to be able to get her. Because she is showing you by not saying a word, she's taking care of herself. So you have to be ready for that. You have to earn the right to talk to her. You already know it's things that you're going to have to do with yourself. You're going to have to better yourself before you even approach her. But the girl in the dress, let's tell who she is, of course, because anybody in the dress, they can be anybody. But in this particular scenario, he may just go with her, the girl in dress, all the day. Because he may not to work out and take care of to get with the girl in dress. 
He may not have to take his entire eating habit just to get with the girl in the dress. He may not have to come up with something extremely witty to say just to get her attention. Apparently, she may want some attention. So I look at the want versus the like. The like was like the candy. The want is the house. There's a lot of things that you have to do in order to purchase the house. First, the income has to be right. And not only does your income have to be right, your income has to be consistent within a certain amount of time. No matter how much money you make, you're not going to get that house if you just got that job. And if you, you didn't have a job, no matter how much you make. Because you're not consistent enough to get that house. Along with that, your credit has to be right. Mm-hmm. What does this mean? Your history. What have you done in the past? Have you been dealing with fighting or, you know, domestic situations? What's your history? Your history has to be clean in order to get that proverbial house. What else has to be wrong? Your presentation. Because there's a lot of other people looking to get that house also. So if you come in there uh, at, at the, uh, you know, trying to get the house and there's other people trying to get the house and that prospective buyer sees you and you're not presented right, they might not want you to have the house. There's a lot of different things that, 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 that makes it work. You have to qualify for the house. But anybody can get the candy because the, big, the bottom line, the biggest difference between the candy and the house is, like I talked about already, it's time. You don't want to buy a house and turn around and leave the house in a month. You signed a 30-year mortgage. Now, what you say 30 years, it's up to you. But you have a plan to stay because you're putting out too much energy you're qualifying in too many different ways so to just live in a house and move right back out. As much candy and as many different pieces of candy, as many different varieties of candy as you want. Because there is no qualification to candy. So ladies, are you candy or are you a house? And the biggest part of that is are you actively working on yourself to show a man that in order to get you, I have to work myself as cheating on himself, herself. What do you think of that? Uh, that's powerful. I don't want that. <laughs> I was just hearing you talk, man of God. That's I'm like they need to go out and run and buy the book, The Terrible Life of a Beautiful Woman. You know, as you was talking and as you was speaking, it made me think about and y'all you y'all heard me talk about Boaz earlier, but it made, it made me think about Ruth, right? 
you know, um, even though, you know, her, her previous husband had died and all that things of that nature. And so she had this mother-in-law she had to take care of, but she went out in the field. And and she was out working and gleaning in the field, and she just happened to be in Boaz's field. And, you know, she wasn't looking for him. She wasn't trying to find him. She was just out there trying to work. You, you're talking about this house being a house versus being a candy. And you just got to imagine, you know, with Boaz being the statue in the statue that he was, um, you know, just having a, a women already working in the field and things of that nature. But something about Ruth caught his eye, right? Caught his eye as she was out there gleaning um, in the fields, working to get what it was that she needed to be sustained. And so... Um, and, you know, and, and so when he seen her, you know, when you was uh, describing that woman who had been working out in, in Target or whatever, it, that's kind of the situation that was going on with Ruth. You can just imagine her gleaning um, from the fields and everything being dirty, being sweaty and all type of things, but still caught his eye. Why? You know, why did, you know, she catch his eye? Because she was, he seen her as house material for him. You know, for him. And, you know, seeing her as a woman that, you know, self-sufficient, self-reliant, you know, and things of that nature. And again, I just have to say, she wasn't looking, she wasn't coming there to find him. She was just coming there to get, to get what was necessary for her to be sustained and for her mother-in-law to be sustained. And he inquired about her. And when he inquired about her, they began to tell the story about her and what she was doing. And that piqued his interest even the more about her. Women, we got to be about our business, right? We have to, it's, it's very vital right. that we are about our business. And when we are about our business, because you got to also understand that there was other men out there in the field. There was other men out there in the territory and things of that nature as well. But did in any, nobody, none of them are um, acquired about her or anything. And, and so you got to ask yourself, why is this? Because she presents herself look i am about business i'm i'm, I'm working on on life sustainment and maybe the other man felt intimidated maybe they felt that they wasn't even worthy enough to even approach her in such a way or they even have a thought about her in such a way because they seen that she was a woman who was willing to do what was necessary so that she can be sustained and so that her mother-in-law could be sustained as well. But, you know, um, Boaz heard about it. He seen her. He inquired about her. And as he inquired about her, he called her over and he began to have conversation. And so those, you know, those qualifying times that you were talking about, man of God, earlier in, in, in five, in, um, in the chapter of five minutes, those qualifying moments begin to take place. 
it began to take place. Right. And he had conversation. Right. And then and then she went back out gleaning in the fields. And he told them, look, y'all leave some stuff for her. Leave, drop some things for her so that she won't have to, um, you know, work real hard. And he been told, look, when they take a break, um, when the, the maid servants take a break and um, things of that nature, and you go and you have your break and everything as well. So then she, she began to see the favor and those qualifying moments. But, in, but you have to make, you have to raise your standards by raising your mind, raising your your thought process and begin to be, begin to operate, live and, and move in that level of, of quality of life or level of standards that you desire to live, live in and live by so that you are no longer those that are, that are beneath the things that you desire or, or let me say, maybe not ready or what have you. You won't have to worry about them trying to even come and, um, and qualify you because they're going to already eliminate themselves out, right? Um, right. As they see the type of woman that you are, that you are um, through, you know, through your lifestyle, through your lifestyle. Exactly. As the man of God was talking about, man, Mr. Mallory. <laughs> uh, powerful. This book is powerful. Mr. Mallory, amen. Glory to God. Thank yes. you, Jesus. You know, um, there is so much more to discover in this book. It deals with being unforgiving to domestic violence. Um, in, the, in, in this chapter, just talking about, you know, talking to women on how to get out of abusive situations, how not to be manipulated um, and, and, yeah. and, and, get, and get called up and staying in a place where you are being abused. I mean, right. oh, my God. Uh, my Lord, have mercy. I'm telling you, you guys have to go out and pick up a copy of this book. Uh, he t- talks about, he even have a chapter in here where he's thinking um, those who made him, every woman that have molded him into the man that he is today. He got a chapter that he talks about a woman's pain, helping men understand the pain of a woman uh, amen um this is a very powerful book you know yeah that you guys need to get for your book club discussion you know you may need to get even for your spouse maybe you and your spouse um can read the book so that maybe can help a understand and help you process some of the things that you that you go through that hinder your relationships and things of that nature you know give it to you know your friends that maybe having relationship problems or having men problems so they can begin to come in a place where um where they can begin to love themselves and those that you can identify who are having issues in their lives because of the lack of self-love i mean this is an absolutely amazing absolutely powerful 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 book here that the man of god has written a terrible life of a beautiful woman the blueprint for self-love author um aaron mallory here in the church with us can you let our audience know how can they get a copy of this book oh my god (laughs) okay you can go on my website 
at CoachAaronMallory.com. That is Coach, A-A-R-O-N-M-A-L-L-O-R-Y.com. CoachAaronMallory.com. And you can buy a book there. You can go on my Instagram page for the Instagram user at Aaron underscore Mary. Again, that's A-A-R-O-N underscore M-A-L-L-O-R-Y. And the link is on my Instagram page in the bio. And along with that, I have hundreds of videos and quotes that more or less represent what I believe in and everything involving my brand. So those are the two ways that you can contact me or, you know, leave me a message or, of course, buy the book. And don't forget, don't forget if you're looking for um, a, a, a speaker, a teacher. Yes. Um, to come and train or to come and speak um, to, you know, um, women and men alike. Because I, I believe that God has just given him the wisdom to unfold in the in the life of, of both, you know, um, from what he has endured, what he has been trained, um, what he has, um, you know, trained and been through from the woman's perspective, you know, what he's analyzed and studied. And as you as you've heard tonight, it's just been absolutely powerful. And I also and from the him just being a male himself, he can definitely talk to the men um, of what he have been experienced what he have experienced and what he have learned um from um you know his his um occurrences you know um with women you know, from his others um with you know real life experience that he have and that he's been exposed to you know as well you know i i can recall you know telling my my boys some women you're gonna have to you know call, love them through train help train them to help let them help them um, train them to let them respect you, um, you know, because of the things that they've went through. And so definitely, definitely looking speaker um, to come out and, and speak and teach. He is definitely your man um, with this topic. You've heard the powerful dialogue and conversation that we had on, we've had on tonight. Um, definitely go and go out to his website and, and pick up the book. Connect with him on Instagram, you know, as well, because such a powerful, powerful book, if you need it even for yourself as a training tool to help you get through a lot of the emotional and psychological things that you are dealing with as a woman so that you can become that house right um that that um a man would have to qualify um to even be in your seats right um amen um in the name of jesus it has been such a powerful time on tonight um uh, mr Molly. is it any um last minute comments or statements or anything that you would like to leave with our guests on tonight in the church yes first i would love to just show you so much appreciation. I had so much fun. And just just to let you know, thank you for uh, allowing me to come on and uh, talk about what I believe in. This is not just a book. It's a movement. And for the people out there, you can also 
uh, go straight to Amazon.com without going to my website and just look up The Terrible Life of a Woman. And um, you can get it on Kindle also. If you need a speaker or if you need anything that will help enlighten you or your daughters, this is the book for you. And this is something that I didn't realize myself. Half of my customers are men because mm. they literally don't know much about women. They just go through the motions and not realizing that I need to take the time to understand women. This book will help men understand women. Wow. Um, absolutely powerful. So this book need to be in the hands of everybody that you know. Um, y'all go out, get get the word out, spread the word. Definitely um, share the the um, the replay of this broadcast as well. We have had a phenomenal time, uh, Mr. Mahler. I want to let me thank you for just being our guest on tonight in the church. I've had a blast with you as well. Um, just hearing your insight, the wisdom that God has, you know, poured on the inside of you, being able to um, to expose and, and, and talk about and deal with those intimate places and spaces that women deal with mentally, emotionally, and psychologically, um, as well as just, you know, just their different concepts that you use and um, real life issues and situations that you even expose and you put into your book. And just letting know the real, right? Um, allowing women to come into the door or the mind of a man. And being that passageway through your book, through your movement, through your movement, um, being that passageway to giving us access to such things so that now we know better, so that we can now do that. Amen. Um, in the name of Jesus. So it leave us without any excuses because now we've been exposed to truth. It's that my people perish because of the lack of knowledge. And so tonight okay. you have surely been informed. Uh, amen. You have been informed by none other than the author Aaron Mallory as we have truly been discussing his book, The Terrible Life of a Beautiful Woman, The Blueprint for Self- love right here in the church i want to thank each and every last one of you for joining us tonight um in the on the in the church broadcast you can definitely connect with us at www.inthechurch.com on our social media platforms on facebook and instagram um uh you can um connect with us within the church on twitter in the church live we would love to connect with you love to connect with you right here in the church we will be back in the church next monday at six o'clock p.m eastern standard time and we would love to see you in the church in jesus name amen amen and amen amen